0: This is Binghamton now on News Radio 1290 WNBF Binghamton and
1: wnbf.com where news breaks first. News Radio
2: 1290
1: WNBF. Good morning on this Friday, August 26th. It's 9:04 and you're listening to WNBF. Access to a few parking spaces at a neighborhood post office in Binghamton now is affected by a newly installed curb. The spaces are located on the east side of the Southview Station Post Office at Vestal Avenue and Mary Street. Nearby residents have wondered whether the construction of the curb in front of the parking area was done in error. Gary Loik, who lives near the post office, snapped a photo of the situation when he noticed it. He said, posting the image on Facebook, noting the curb now blocks the marked parking spaces next to the building, and his post suggested that people should call the mayor's office and file a complaint. The curb was not installed by mistake. In an email to WMBF News, Deputy Mayor Megan Hyman wrote, As far as we can tell, there has been a curb there, but over the years it was covered by asphalt or crumbled. The curb is a pedestrian and traffic safety improvement at that intersection, planned as part of the Mary Street infrastructure work. She sent a 2012 Google Street View image illustrating the parking area's condition from a decade ago. The reconstruction project of Ty Cobb Stadium at Union Endicott High School is moving forward, but plenty of work remains to be done over the next month. Demolition work of the existing bleachers behind the school on East Main Street in Endicott began just after graduation ceremonies were held in the stadium in late June. Union Endicott School District Director of Facilities and Safety Toby Riddleberger said the project remains on track for completion by October 1st. In an email, Riddleberger said a crane is being used to place the last concrete risers this week. He said the work is far from complete. He said detail work remains to be done along the entire stadium. Riddleberger said a smaller crane will be used to install concrete steps. The existing pavement at the stadium will be removed and replaced after the steps have been installed. Sections of aluminum seating are scheduled to arrive early next month. New railings also will be installed along the back area of the stadium near the school building. Union Endicott voters approved the funding for the stadium reconstruction work in a 2019 capital project referendum. The work is expected to cost about $1.3 million. New York State began accepting applications Thursday to open its first legal recreational pot shops, taking a novel approach by reserving the initial roughly 150 retail dispensary license for people with past pot convictions or their relatives. The application process is a key step toward opening one of the country's most hotly awaited legal cannabis markets, but there's no exact date yet for the sales to begin. Except for California, New York is the most populous among the 19 U.S. states that have legalized possession and use of marijuana for adults. New York officials have emphasized that they want to make sure the new industry provides opportunity to people who bore the brunt of drug law enforcement, which fell disproportionately on black and Latino people. The state announced this winter that the first round of retail cannabis licenses would go to businesses and nonprofit groups with a leader who is convicted of a marijuana offense or has a close relation who was. The New York Division of Criminal Justice Services and the New York State Police have announced the minimum standards for concealed carry firearm safety training in New York. The guidelines create a variety of checks to ensure those who wish to conceal carry a firearm are properly trained on how to use and store the firearm. Those seeking a concealed carry firearm permit must undergo 16 hours of in-person instruction, which would cover a variety of topics. That training includes at least two hours of both training on firearm safety and maintenance and education on state and federal gun laws. Other training includes firearm storage, conflict de-escalation, encountering law enforcement, suicide prevention, and at least one hour on basic principles of marksmanship, For concealed carry firearm applicants who have already received the required training over the last five years, licensing officers can give credit to satisfy some of the requirements of the new guidelines. After the 16 hours of instruction, students must score at least 80% on a written test and conduct two hours of live fire training followed by a live fire assessment test. A New York City police detective has asked the U.S. Supreme Court to stop the city from firing him and other workers for refusing to get vaccinated against COVID-19. Lawyers for Detective Anthony Marciano asked the court Thursday for an emergency injunction that would block the city from enforcing a rule requiring all municipal employees to get vaccinated. Marciano, a 10-year police veteran, was among a small percentage of civil servants who refused the shots and didn't qualify for a medical or religious exemption. More than 1,000 New York City employees have been fired for refusing the vaccines, and others are waiting to find out whether their request for exemptions will be approved. Legal challenges to the rules have largely failed, but Marciano's case is still pending in a federal appeals court. In a petition to the Supreme Court, Marciano's lawyer asked Justice Sonia Sotomayor to block the city from enforcing its rule until that appeal is resolved. It's 9.09. You're listening to WMBF, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. Welcome. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton. Right now about 67 degrees, 94% humidity. Today, a chance of showers with thunderstorms, also possible afternoon. Otherwise, mostly cloudy, a high near 85. Tonight, chance of showers and thunderstorms, mainly before 8 p.m. Otherwise, mostly cloudy with a low near 60 degrees, 30% chance of rain. Saturday, mostly sunny, a high near 80. Saturday night, mostly clear, a low near 52. Sunday, sunny with a high near 87. And Sunday night, mostly clear, a low near 60 degrees. It's nine eleven, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. News Radio 1290, WNBF.
0: James, what does this button do?
1: I think that turns the mic on.
0: Okay, so the mic's on. Did we say that we were going to play some a pleasant song to make people feel pleasant?
1: I think the people want to feel pleasant on this Friday morning.
0: Okay, so we're going to encourage people to relax and take five. Well they can also think- call, right? Even if they're relaxing, they can still call, right?
1: Oh, everybody can call. Everybody can call at any time they want to call. You can even call me, but I just won't answer the phone.
0: <laughs> yeah, call James at about two in the morning. Thank you, sir. We will now proceed with Pleasant Radio, 1290 and 92.1 FM, the most pleasant talk show you'll ever hear. Good morning. I'm Bob Joseph, broadcasting live from your quiet island on Pleasant Radio, 1290 AM, 92.1 FM, WNBF. The number to call is 607-772-1290. You also may send an email to Bob at WNBF.com. This is Pleasant Radio, 1290 AM, 92.1 FM. Broadcasting from my quiet islands. Our first caller this morning is Ron from Binghamton.
3: Well, Bob, you did it again, playing A Summer Place, the theme song from a movie of the same name with Bayon's finest Sandra Dee.
0: I did it just for you, Ronald.
3: I Just I, for you. <laughs> I really love it. Hey, interestingly, we've talked about Sandra Dee before in Bayonne, New Jersey, and uh, since you led in with that music, it hit me today. I was watching a promo on TV for House of Dragons, which is, I guess, the new uh, HBO uh, prequel to Game of Thrones, and a Apparently, the first episode was the biggest uh, viewed show in HBO. Like, I don't know, 10 million, 9 million people tuned in for House of Dragons, the prequel to Game of Thrones. Um, You're familiar with who wrote Game of Thrones and House of Dragons?
0: Yeah, I thought it was Oprah Winfrey.
3: Oh, goodness, Bob. It's Friday, but calm down. No, it was uh, George R. R. Martin. And George R. R. Martin, I'll give you one guess, guess where he was born and grew up.
0: Do you have like a, some sort of rabid fox next
3: to you? <laughs> That's my cat on my lap.
0: <laughs> Are you sure it's a Can cat you- and not that rabid fox?
3: It's, it's, uh you know, it looks like a red fox. Um, yeah, he's. But a,
0: didn't uh, he red die? Red. I mean, he was funny, and I loved him. But didn't Red Fox die?
3: Uh, well, uh, he never really died. As long as there are uh, reruns. Okay.
0: Yeah, now that I think about it, he lives on in my VHS collection somewhere in the attic. Yeah.
3: Yes. So, uh, George,
0: yeah, R.R. I- Martin, my my guess is he was born in Bayonne, New Jersey.
3: You got it. You got it. Uh, George R. R. Martin was born in Bayonne, and um, you know, in my little my little flicker of connection to fame, um, I uh, spent some time with him. Uh, He is about four or five years younger than me, and uh, he was the well is the nephew of my ex. uh in-law my uh my my, uh my daughters my daughters i'm sorry my my brother's ex-wife uh was his um his aunt and uh so he was an interesting thing sounds
0: rabid walk don't run
3: Run, don't walk, whatever. I mean,
0: be careful. Do you, well, most importantly, do you have a video camera filming this? Because if anything happens with that rabid cat, I, I want a video.
3: <laughs> hey, Bob, I I rescued this cat three months ago uh, from uh, every cat's dream. And uh, I have a dog that uh, is a rescue, and now I have uh, Frankie. Frankie is a rescue. And uh, he, I tell you, if if um, anyone needs a plug for rescuing animals, uh, Frankie is it because he is the most wonderful guy. He was an outdoor cat for his life for three years. They figure he's about three years old. And uh, so he was up for adoption, and we took him, and uh, I truly, truly love this animal. He's great. He's on my lap. He purrs all the time, loves to be petted. He's an orange uh male tabby one of the most uh, friendly types of cats uh, american short hair breed orange tabby type and uh yeah and he's he's on my lap and I he, you're picking him up then as the purr huh? he's a big
0: purrer yeah it's coming through loud and clear especially on wow. 92.1 fm everybody listening on the fm is enjoying even on the am the purring is so so obvious it's coming through loud and clear even on 1290 AM. I mean, it's amazing.
3: Well, You know, on, on FM, on the FM step band, uh, he just jumped off my lap, by the way. On the FM band, uh, he comes through a little more, more smooth and easy than on the AM.
0: Very soothing, as, as though yeah. he belonged on the quiet island.
3: Yes, he does. Bob, I have a trivia question for you to start off Friday. Uh, and I wonder... Do you, well, do you recall? I'm sure you do. You're really good with uh, music. Uh, the lyric from a song uh, goes back, I guess, about 20, 30 years. It went, Get on the bus, Gus, make a new. Oh, party. yeah, Paul Simon. That's right. 5,000
0: right. ways to love your lever or love your yes, liver or something. It. Yeah, yeah. See, I know, I know, I know music trivia from a very narrow era, but you know, if you ask the right question, I can give you the right answer. I was pretty fast.
3: Yeah. But that's only part one of the trivia question. Uh-huh. Now who, what political figure, uh, essentially used that, uh, that lyric this week, uh, as a, uh, directive or an admonition to people in her state.
0: Oh, that's too easy.
3: Kathy Hochul, come on, man. Well, yeah, well, I'm trying to break in and... No,
0: that's okay. No, that's that's a perfectly legitimate... You know, don't you love it when people who ostensibly are educated say, you know, you know... (laughs) Boy, that irritates me. Anyway, I'll do it one more time, and hopefully that'll be it for this hour. You know, when she said that this week, I was not outraged, just surprised that she would take that route. Because there's nothing to be gained. There is absolutely nothing to be gained by basically sounding like her predecessor.
3: Yeah, Bob. And, you know, it's a very short little sentence here. Let me give you the quote. She said uh, uh, to the state's Republicans, uh, 500 plus million of them, she said, quote, just jump on the bus and head down to Florida where you belong, okay? And then she continued, you are not New Yorkers, unquote. Can you imagine?
0: Now the problem I have with this is no one seems to have it on tape. Has has there been an audio recording of her saying it?
3: Well, I don't know that. It's reported uh in the New York Post. Well, I know it's been
0: reported in multiple places. I don't doubt that she said it. it sounds exactly like something she or her predecessor would have said, but from a political standpoint, it does it does for example the Republicans or um, Lee Zeldin, in this case, does him no good if she said it, and if a tape of that doesn't exist, so it can't be incorporated into any campaign commercials. That's why I ask. I'm I'm not disputing that she said it. Again, it sounds exactly like something she might say. And as I said right at the outset, it's not something she ever should say because there is nothing, that kind of comment does not advance the agenda of anyone her or anyone else
3: absolutely i there, there's no win from this uh, uh for, for her you know uh, she's saying to uh, to people to basically leave the state if you don't like it and uh, people have done that they've uh, like over the last decade uh, over a million new yorkers have left new york state uh you know bob it makes me think uh I have one brother he lives in Florida and uh interestingly my brother has a house in Florida I have a house in Binghamton now my brother's house in Florida is probably worth uh four times the value of my house in Binghamton but he pays less taxes property taxes on his house um you know people are fleeing to Florida, they don't need any help uh, from the governor dispossessing them.
0: No, it's true. I I think, you know, if she actually said it, which I, I haven't heard her say she didn't say it, so of course she said it, then, in my opinion, she should just issue an apology. I'm sorry for saying that. I don't know what I was thinking. Because one of the things that has marked her one year in office for the most part is her, I think, really important effort to govern differently not necessarily better or worse, just differently than her predecessor and slipping in that mode and saying what she uh, ostensibly said a few days ago it, it doesn't help her I'm not saying she's going to, going to lose the election because of that. I'm just saying it doesn't help her. Even even her supporters, they already supported her. She didn't gain one more vote. If anything, she lost potential votes in November. So.
3: Well, Bob, but, uh, you know where the area of New York State uh, where she's from, right?
0: Oh, I know. I, I haven't actually been there, but I, I know precisely where it is because I have uh, good friends who live there. And it's named well, you know, in, in, for one of my favorite healthy sandwiches.
3: Well, Bob, you, you just led me to it. I don't I don't know if she's gonna get into more trouble for saying leave New York State. Uh she uh the word is that she's trying to get the beef on weck named as New York sandwich instead of the speedy. Talk it, about losing Well votes if that's in the
0: true exactly. If that's true then and I'm I'm very apolitical. I don't usually take a stand on this program, but if there is truth to that, if she winds up getting beef on weck designated as the state's official sandwich, then we may have a problem, Houston. That's all I'm going to say. I'm just I know that sounds sounds almost like a warning. That's as far as I'm going to go for now, but I I appreciate your giving me a heads up. I was unaware that that's something that might be going on. You never know these days though. It's 9:25 at WNBF, wnbf.com. More calls coming up on Pleasant Radio 1290 Bob Joseph broadcasting this morning from the Quiet Island. Only I am allowed to broadcast from the Quiet Island on this Friday. We're joined now by Jason Denton, the Hyundai sales manager at Miller Motors on the Parkway in Vestal. Good morning. Hi, Jason. Hmm. I no, oh, I lost Jason Denton. I trust that Jason Denton will recontact us. In the meantime, while well, we're waiting for Jason to get back to us. Maybe he's in the middle of a vehicle transaction though. If he's selling a car. If he's selling a car, he may not be able to recon It's probably somebody coming in to buy a new Hyundai. Jason, I heard you on WNBF. Can I buy a Hyundai? Larry from Kirkwood, good morning. Yeah,
4: well, that somebody ain't me, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> well, might be me this afternoon, but you know, they've locked me in my radio cage until exactly noon. The electronic locks don't open the, the cage door until exactly 12 0001. So then I can get that. out of here. You know, I, I happen to think that it's a potential safety hazard because they think that they're actually doing something to ensure the finest in broadcasting every morning for three hours from 9 to noon because that way I can't absent-mindedly wander out into the street when the show is supposed to be on. But what if, say, for example, the studio got filled with toxic carbon monoxide or something? Say somebody parked too close to the uh, air intake and then I wouldn't be able to get out of here until afternoon and then. Although that would be an interesting final broadcast, I'm I'm sure.
4: Um, Well, anyway. Kitty Cats and Quiet Island. What a nice thing.
0: It is. I I am inclined to think this may not be just the most pleasant program of the week. This might be the most pleasant program in radio history. The way it's going.
4: I could hear that kitty cat on my phone. I, I was listening on my phone here. Yes, that it was coming through loud
0: heard. and clear. At at, at first, yeah. I thought it was a one of those sound effects records that you would buy from Radio Shack. And then I thought, no, I bet that's, I bet that's the rabid fox from Ithaca. <laughs> or at least his brother. I'm told that the I'm told the rabid fox from Ithaca didn't actually make out so well in the end, but I bet his yeah, brother is still around.
5: Uh, yep.
4: Well, let's talk about that. Uh, the detective who's uh, fighting for his uh, right to uh, stay on the job because he doesn't want to get the vaccine. How the heck did we ever get to this point where? People would be forced to get a vaccine in order to keep their job. That is so ridiculous.
0: well, it's just I like mean, how did we ever get to this point where people are forced to get a vaccine to go to school
4: yes that's that's even more uh, that's even worse than my book so
0: I know, and just... it's existed all my life. I remember when I was a little little baby boy mm-hmm. little little baby boy and end well and they some doctor with a thang, a needle, came and gave me a jab. And then another jab. And I was looking with tears streaming down my face. Mama! Mama! Okay, that's, that's Why is fine. Dr. That's... Demento giving me a jab? Let's stop talking about needles, though. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we already lost like 30% of the people hey, with needle phobia.
4: Hey, <laughs> yeah, I'm one of them. A... Oh, my goodness. You should see my reaction when I see needles. Oh my goodness. My brother Bob's even worse. Oh my goodness, as bad as I am, he's terrible. He just had uh, a procedure done like last week, and I think it was the first time he was actually ever had an operation. Uh, It was a minor operation, but uh, yeah, he hates, you know, I mean, if I'm bad, he's worse. But uh, anyway. So, anyway, this guy is taking it to the Supreme Court eventually, and I hope that uh, they blow this nonsense out of the water and this guy can keep his job and and just continue it around for everybody else who has a job and has been forced to have to take these shots. It's uh, terrible. I mean, these things have been proven not to do a dang thing to stop COVID-19 at all
0: no that's that's not actually the case, but
4: I mean these things actually cause the problem to be worse
0: so no that's people. not actually the case, but I do know some people say that, so i you know i can't I can't help what some people say, but those people aren't the experts in the medical community they are people nope. who think they're you know some of the self appointed experts will get on the radio or TV or the internet and say some wild and crazy things, which, uh, hey, it's a free country, you're entitled, but, you know, it's sometimes of, sad, sadly, sadly, the facts seem to be at odds with what some of them are saying.
4: I've heard a lot of uh, medical doctors and podcasts talk about this thing. About, yeah,
0: and a lot of them are making money off this thing. Larry, that's so the
4: right. that's the so truth. Right the they, they, push this
0: yeah, I know. I mean that's the American way though. Yes, everybody seems to have found a way to monetize COVID. I'm not happy about it. I know. I'm I know companies like Pfizer and Moderna and yeah. other pharmaceutical companies are are making lots of money off COVID and a lot of other people who are telling you not to get jabbed are also making money off COVID so that, you know, that way, no matter what people are saying on their radio or TV programs or on their websites, you know, a lot of them have managed to monetize it and they're laughing all the way to the bank, regardless of what they're saying. But they
4: have, but I, I I will
0: say at this stage after after two and a half years of COVID anybody who hasn't gotten jabbed by now certainly doesn't won't get jabbed any time in the future you know I I've come to accept it if you know for those for the minority of people in America and it is a minority I don't know the exact percentage but for the minority of people in America who haven't gotten vaccinated. Nothing's gonna change, and I accept it. Yeah, got me into that yeah, number. Yeah, you know, nope, that. no problem here. I mean, I, I, I only. Somebody once told me they said, "Raj, the only person you can control is yourself. You can't yeah, control yeah. Huh. any callers. You can't control what listeners think. You can't control anything else in the universe. The only thing you can control is yourself." And I've concluded there. They're absolutely right.
4: Yeah, this is very
0: true. Okay, Bob. Okay. Have a good one. Hey, have a good Bye. weekend. Thank you, sir. 933 WNBF, your radio station. As mentioned before, it's time to buy cars. Actually, every time is a time to buy cars. During business hours, of course, at Miller Motors on the Parkway in Vestal. And whether you're interested in saying hello to Jason Denton, the Hyundai sales manager, or even Nick Tamaris, the Honda sales manager, or the general sales manager, Bill Calkin, or the Millers, even the Millers. If you want to say hi to them at Miller Motors at 4455 Vestal Parkway East, across from Binghamton University, you may do it. They're open today today until six and the Miller Auto team will be at your service tomorrow from nine to four. So if you're interested in a new vehicle, it could be a new Honda or new Hyundai, or perhaps you're inclined to seek a previously owned vehicle. Stop by the Miller Auto team, Miller Motors on the Parkway in Vestal. They've been there for a long time. They'll be there for a long time to come. If you want more information, you can stop in or check out the website. Miller Auto team.com it's 934 I'm Bob Joseph on news radio WNBF and WNBF.com. you watch your wnbf.com at 937 Let's go to Owego. Jesse, good morning. You're on the air.
6: Hey, Bob. How are we doing this morning? I hear uh, someone very special in your staff is going to have a birthday this weekend. Any idea who that is? No. He no. said No other than Roger Nielski.
0: I thought his birthday was a few days ago.
6: I thought it was on this weekend.
0: Yeah. Well, then I told him the wrong day. I told him a few days ago to have a happy birthday. So, well, he didn't He didn't correct me, but... Anyway, uh, let, let's just sing happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you, Roger. Happy birthday to you. Am I right? So, I did talk to him the other day, by the way, um, and... I got to tell you, there there is a guy. I mean, pleasant, always happy, always, always happy. And we just had a chat. I, I can't tell you what he's up to, but he's up to something. He's going to be up to something on Sunday, and then he's up to something uh, next week, too. I mean, the guy, I I think it's amazing. The guy is always up to something, but having said that, He also just has a good attitude. But here's the most important thing right now for for Roger Neal. Okay, Jesse? I'm listening. Okay, put down your moxie.
6: (laughs) Well, it's not a moxie. I
0: know. (laughs) I know it's not a moxie. Wink, wink, (laughs) nudge, nudge. Yeah, I got you. Put down your brewski. Hold on. that's uh dedicated to uh, the real roger Neal.
6: that works for me isn't that nice love that gun oh that's what right there is what makes for a relaxing weekend since you brought up that subject i'm like well good let's bring up the one who's got pure energy and is the nicest guy on the planet there we go
0: yeah he really is the best
6: i think so hey uh, what's up with these electric cars now is that Huge recall,
0: over two hundred and fifty thousand. I heard only... uh, they just they just passed a thing in California that starting in twenty thirty five you can't have you can't buy. I guess you can still have one, but you can't buy a gas vehicle in California starting in twenty thirty five.
6: Well, the only cure for that is make sure you have an attached garage, so when it catches on fire, hopefully it won't compromise your house.
0: Did you hear what else is going on? Not just cars catching on fire, but you know those little those little bikes that those punks are using now? Little, yeah, pu- I like l- yeah, I think they're e-bikes. They get them at the same store where you buy e-cigarettes. I mean, you go to an e-store, and everything they have is powered with lithium batteries. So lithium-ion batteries power the world now, which is good. Which is good. I mean, I, I was over there at Binghamton University where um, the professor is developing new lithium-ion batteries, so it's great. But, you know, the, still the deal, the safety issue is this. I mean, you know, some people smoking their e-cigarette or some people uh, who park their e-bike inside. I mean, when, when something catches on fire, that's, that's a problem. That's a safety issue.
6: It's getting crazy. I want, you know, what
0: I want to know is, what, what do you think the fire departments think about that? If I, if I ran a fire department, I'd be concerned.
6: Well, I can tell you one thing when it comes to these vehicles. A regular gas engine would take maybe half a tanker to put it out. These electric vehicles, it takes like about six to eight tankers to put them out. And then they have to haul them away and put them in an isolated area because they will start catching on fire again and again until the chain reaction of the batteries stop so (laughs) this is a a recipe for disaster in my opinion
0: well i'm thinking if it's true that california is going to have lots of electric vehicles i think i'm gonna head west i'm gonna head west and do a program called malibu now because then, after I'm done with the talk show, then I, I'll have lots of vehicle fires to cover around Malibu, because probably about 95% of the people in Malibu will have I, electric vehicles and they'll, they'll probably have fires all the time.
6: Well, according to the governor, 17 states are about to follow suit, so I think that's going
0: to be the... Somebody to- yeah, well, the- somebody, somebody told me that New York State was going to be one of those states.
6: Well, uh, whatever California does, New York, just follows suit, just like our accidental governor.
0: I think she's doing a good job, though. You have to admit, over the past year, she's done a, I think she's done a stellar job. I think, you know, when people ask questions, the, the question when it comes to politics is, do you feel better off today than you did a year ago? And I, I would say the answer for me is absolutely. I feel a whole lot better today than I did a year ago.
6: If I believe she was doing a good job, Bob, I'm not left-handed, short, and Irish. <laughs> well, I can tell you.
0: Well. I'm being nice. because well, the here, Here's my question to you. If you don't like the job she's doing, my question to you, Jesse, in a wee go, is who could do a better job? Sure.
6: Right now, flip a coin. I don't know. I'd be better off playing the lottery right now, so that remains to be seen because Zeldin always voted with Cuomo, so I don't see him. Oh, that's
0: right. That's interesting. I wonder if uh, Kathy Hochul will bring that up during the campaign. Because Kathy Hochul Uh, could use that as ammunition against her Republican opponent. If she points out that Lee Zeldin frequently voted along with Andrew Cuomo, she could probably make a point during the campaign, hey, go ahead and vote for Lee Zeldin, but... Look at his record supporting Governor Cuomo back in the day. So the question you have to ask yourself, is that actually a good thing or does that disqualify him?
6: I know. Well, right now, at my point, I when I go to vote, I'm just like, I got to pick the lesser of evil. So, hey, yeah, this is going to be interesting. But at least I'll get out there and vote, Bob. I promise you that.
0: All right. That's a good thing. I appreciate the call.
6: All right. Keep relaxing and... Uh,
0: I'll stop by Funny will I'll have a moxie. Yeah, heck, have a moxie and one of those cheer wines. That's another thing that you should try. If you haven't tried a cheer wine, go get a cheer wine. But make sure you drink it when it's cold. If you drink a hot cheer wine, that's just not something that's done. So you can grab a Moxie, but also grab one of those cheer wines. They're conveniently available in a 12-ounce glass bottle, and you'll thank me. You'll be glad you did. It's 945, Bob Joseph with you. It's Friday morning, Pleasant Radio, News Radio, WNBF, 1290 AM, 92.1 FM, streaming, WNBF.com. Of course, available on the app for free, WNBF app those listening in Florida. Good morning, Florida and South Carolina and and Tennessee. 607-772-1290. Feel free to call in and discuss only the most pleasant issues on this Friday morning. Welcome 47 You're listening to News Radio WNBF with Bob Joseph. Oh, it's so funny to be seeing you after so long, girl. And with the way you look, I understand that you were not impressed. quiet island this world is with bob you. joseph on a pleasant radio friday Harrison. the most pleasant music in america
7: true.
0: james from binghamton good morning you're on the air
7: you're listening to am yacht rock radio with your bobby joe thank you thank you so much all the
0: hits all the time on the big end
7: <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> sorry uh, sorry we're being uh, yeah, a little I'm we're being that. just a little self-indulgent listeners sorry yes. Uh,
7: yes i'm imagining now some like old like ident four second ident cart from like 45 years ago that has like that wobbly sound to it like so ooh, ooh. No, i don't know anyway you know i remember, do I'm, have a couple of cards and you push the button and it just plays over and over oh and over again. my gosh and, yes and, and 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 you want to talk about things that are that are like uh, satisfying you know for people who just like the feel and sensation of something like it, it, it's like with that button those big heavy buttons when you push that button and start that car that is that is a that is a great like authoritative sensation but we don't have it anymore so no yeah.
0: we don't we don't and uh it, i miss like the old
7: voting booth it's like the old voting booth that's where, like, that's another the, thing everyone you got to hear my full <sighs> pull the lever lever as hard as you can and
8: yeah. It's just it's like, not yeah.
0: right. They say, well, well, Raj, insert your ballot here. It's like, I don't want to insert my thing here. I, The thing is, <laughs> I just want to pull my lever. And it's ooh, like, it's, it's you a can't.
7: Friday. Oh, yeah. ooh, uh, young ooh. Rock Radio. Yes.
0: Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I mean, you're right. So, you know, bring back the cart machines, bring back the voting machines that have the, the lever. And that way we know that we're getting st- stuff done. I mean, now with everything that's been computerized and miniaturized, it doesn't feel like we're getting anything done.
7: It, it has been now 10 years since I encountered a new employee at a place I worked who came on out of college and was like, this is 10 years ago. I was like, yeah, I've never filmed any video to any sort of tape, digital or otherwise. It's always been to just, you know, uh, flash drives or, or SD cards. And I'm like, what? They don't know. Nobody, you, yeah, I feel like you got to splice tape still to get like a public communications degree. And that's another thing,
0: that. you know, yeah. they won't let me splice <laughs> tape anymore. They took my splicing block, they took my splicing tape, they took the little it's pencil, beta cam. yeah. It's
7: beta cam, yeah. Okay, anyway, <laughs> I just wanted to call in and just remind everyone, uh, to if you've not been. Uh, and if you know, you know. Uh, to, to make do, all you can to make it out to Porch Fest on Sunday on the west side of Binghamton. I don't know if you have any interviews planned or any features today on that, but uh, no, I was it, gonna.
0: It, I it, I tried it, to it. set something up, and I got a reply, and never heard back. So I don't know. Uh, well,
7: uh, I'm, they're pretty busy running around right now. Well, that's what the, that's what the guy
0: said. I'm I'm pretty busy, and I'm like. Okay, well, you know, that's all I need to hear. I, by the way, I'm pretty busy too. It was lucky that I even reached out. That's what they say on TV now instead of sending an email. <laughs> I reached out. And I thought, okay, I, I'll, I'll reach out because yeah, somebody, yeah. I was talking with some friends over the weekend and we were all excited about Porch Fest. And one of my friends, we'll call him one of the, the inner circle because we get together and we do focus groups to talk about issues. And he said, you know, you ought to do a segment about Porch Fest. And I said, you know, I'm going to do know. that. Yeah. And yeah, here I go again. And the thing is, you know, I can't help it. Now, here's well, a contest. You know, between between know. now and noon, how many times will I say, you know?
7: I don't, I do not, I, I can't fathom. It's
0: It's, <laughs> you know, you think it's. A- anyway. Okay, and now well, then, I can't help it now I can't help it it's it's like hiccups I can't stop
7: yes don't don't blink I got you yeah uh, don't think about zebras go yeah uh... no it's uh... to anyone who's not been before uh, porch fest is a wonderful event uh, I I I am not on any sort of committee with it obviously you know, I know some of the people that you know help organize it but uh... I just ended up there like one Sunday a few years ago I was like okay I'll check this out some people are like yeah And it was awesome, and every year it just keeps expanding and getting bigger, and it's just it's a great event, and it's one of those things that feels like, you know, the west side was kind of made for that. I know other cities and other places do their own versions of these things, and some would say this one kind of evolved out of what happened in Mm -hmm. Ishaqa, but, I mean, man, that Abel track, and uh, it's a great day. And so if you haven't been, anyone who's listening, you're like, I don't want to go all the way down to Binghamton and park a car and hike a few blocks, and like, yeah, hike a few blocks, pack a cooler. Uh, and come on out. It's a, it's a really fun time. They do a great job putting it on. All right, and well, that's about, that's it. Yeah.
0: Then I'm probably going to go. Keep an eye out for me.
7: I I, I I will.
0: I'll be the guy in the back seat of the cop car.
7: Oh, I I I, I want to see like just the yacht rock thing we're doing. You should put on some like you know some like plaid leisure suit or something. <laughs> and, uh...
0: <laughs> I may do that. I may do that. So it just <laughs> you,
7: you, you know, you could like make like an old timey like media jacket, like they would have in like Wired World of Sports, but for like WMBF, with like, a patch on it, like a uh, like a bright blue blazer, like WMBF blue blazer. One of those with, like, jackets that Howard, Howard Cosell,
0: film. Howard yes, Cosell yes. and the gang on Monday Night Football used to have jackets like that.
7: Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, and you and Roger can come as Dandy Don, and yeah, it'd be great.
0: All right, thank you, thank you. Boy, that's that's a great image. And thank you for indulging us in our, our little radio memory. Sometimes we just have to do it. Talking about the equipment we once had. 954, Bob Joseph, a pleasant, a pleasant Friday morning to you, 607-772-1290. Or, if you must, send an email to bob at wnbf.com. 56 with Bob Joseph live local on News Radio WNBF.
6: The local rock group down the street is trying hard to learn their song. Serenade the weekend squire just came out to mow his lawn. Another Pleasant Valley Sunday. Sunday. Chocolate
0: No one seems to care. And now Ron from Binghamton is going to make it so bad because he's talking about you know. Don't fret. This is an email from Ron in Binghamton. So now I won't be able to stop saying it ever. Don't fret about saying you know. Just be sure you don't slip into saying very unique. That's one thing I will never do. Well, I better never say never either because the minute you say never is when... Something comes up to prove the point that never say never. I don't intend to ever say very unique. As far as that other phrase, let's hope. Let's hope I won't say that anymore, ever. At least till after the 10 o'clock news. Here on WNBF, here's an interesting email. Alan uh, sent a thing... It says a school in Iowa allows students to receive physical education credits by helping do yard work for senior citizens and people with disabilities. So I had not heard that. You could get phys ed credits, according to what Alan sent me. If you're a kid, a student, you could get physical education credits if you do yard work for senior citizens. And people with disabilities. And so I wrote back to Alan this morning. I said, Should this become a New York State policy? And he said, For sure. So, what do you think about that? I would incentivize some of our young people, students, to do some things that could be helpful to the community. Hmm. I wonder if they would consider that in New York State. Is that too wild and crazy to suggest that that's an option phys ed credits for kids students who help older people or people with disabilities here's a note a listener actually uh, this references the other day when mayor ryan was on the program talking about the 10th anniversary of the Downtown Binghamton roundabout. A listener wrote, I was surprised to hear Mayor Ryan state that Mayor David didn't have a degree or thought he didn't have a degree. Well, the listener points out that Richard David, former Binghamton mayor, has two degrees. Two degrees. An undergrad degree from St. John Fisher College in Rochester. Oh, I've been there. I know people who've graduated from St. John Fisher College. Very nice institution. So Richard David had two degrees. One, an undergraduate degree from St. John Fisher College and a graduate degree from SUNY Binghamton. And the listener writes, I would have expected more from Mayor Ryan. So maybe he misspoke. Anyway. Anyway, there, that clarifies it. So now you know. The program continues on this Friday morning. Bob Joseph on WNB...
1: Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. Good morning on this Friday, August 26th. It's 10:04. You're listening to WNBF. Access to a few parking spaces at a neighborhood post office in Binghamton now is affected by a newly installed curb. The spaces are located on the east side of the Southview Station Post Office at Vestal Avenue and Mary Street. Nearby residents have wondered whether the construction of the curb in front of the parking area was done in error. Gary Likely, who lives near the post office, snapped a photo of the situation when he noticed it. He posted the image on Facebook noting the curb now blocks the marked parking spaces next to the building. In his post, he suggested that people should call the mayor's office and file a complaint. The curb was not installed by mistake in an email to WMBF News. Deputy Mayor Megan Hyman wrote, As far as we can tell, there has long been a curb there, but over the years, it was covered by asphalt or crumbled. The curb is a pedestrian and traffic safety improvement at that intersection, planned as part of the Mary Street infrastructure work. She sent a 2012 Google Street View image illustrating the parking area's condition from a decade ago. The reconstruction project of Ty Cobb Stadium at Union Endicott High School is moving forward, but plenty of work remains to be done over the next month. Demolition work of the existing bleachers behind the school on East Main Street in Endicott began just after graduation ceremonies were held in the stadium late in late June. Union Endicott School District Director of Facilities and Safety Toby Riddleberger said the project remains on track for completion by October 1st. In an email, Riddleberger said a crane is being used to place the last concrete risers this week. He said the work is far from complete, and he said detail work remains to be done along the entire stadium. Riddleberger said a smaller crane will be used to install concrete steps. The existing pavement at the stadium will be removed and replaced after the steps have been installed. Sections of aluminum seating are scheduled to arrive early next month. New railings also will be installed along the back area of the stadium near the school building. Union Endicott voters approved funding for the stadium reconstruction work in a 2019 capital project referendum. The work is expected to cost about $1.3 million. New York State began accepting applications Thursday to open its first legal recreational pot shops, taking a novel approach by reserving the initial roughly 150 retail dispensary licenses for people with past pot convictions or their relatives. The application process is a key step toward opening one of the country's most hotly-awaited legal cannabis markets, but there's no exact date yet for sales to begin. Except for California, New York is the most populous among the 19 U.S. states that have legalized possession and use of marijuana for adults. New York officials have emphasized that they want to make sure the new industry provides opportunity to people who bore the brunt of drug law enforcement, which fell disproportionately on Black and Latino people. The state announced this winter that the first round of retail cannabis licenses would go to businesses and nonprofit groups, with a leader who was convicted of a marijuana offense or has a close relation who was. The New York Division of Criminal Justice Services and the New York State Police have announced the minimum standards for concealed carry firearm safety training in New York. The guidelines create a variety of checks to ensure those who wish to conceal carry a firearm are properly trained on how to use and store the firearm. Those seeking a concealed carry firearm permit must undergo 16 hours of in-person instruction, which would cover a variety of topics. That training includes at least two hours of both training on firearm safety and maintenance, and education on state and federal gun laws. Other training includes firearm storage, conflict de-escalation, encountering law enforcement, suicide prevention, and at least one hour on basic principles of marksmanship. For concealed carry firearm applicants who have already received the required training over the last five years, licensing officers can give credit to satisfy some of the requirements of the new guidelines. After the 16 hours of instruction, students must score at least 80% on a written test and conduct two hours of live fire training followed by a live fire assessment test. A New York City police detective has asked the U.S. Supreme Court to stop the city from firing him and other workers for refusing to get vaccinated against COVID-19. Lawyers for Detective Anthony Marciano asked the court Thursday for an emergency injunction that would block the city from enforcing a rule requiring all municipal employees to get vaccinated. Marciano, a 10-year police veteran, was among a small percentage of civil servants who refused the shots and didn't qualify for a medical or religious exemption. More than 1,000 New York City employees have been fired for refusing the vaccines, and others are waiting to find out whether their requests for exemptions will be approved. It's 10:09, where News Breaks First, News Radio 1290 WMBF, wmbf.com and 92.1 FM. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton right now about 70 degrees, 84% humidity. The dew point is 65 degrees, so maybe a little muggy out there. Scattered showers and thunderstorms today, mainly after 1 p.m., mostly cloudy, a high near 81 degrees, a 50% chance of rain. Tonight scattered showers and thunderstorms before 9 p.m., then isolated showers between 9 p.m. and 11 p.m., mostly cloudy, a low near 60, 30% chance of rain. Saturday mostly sunny with a high near 75, Saturday night mostly clear, low near 54, and Sunday sunny with a high near 82, Sunday night partly cloudy, a low near 64. It's 10:11 where News Breaks First News Radio 1290 WMBF, wmbf.com and 92.1 FM. News Radio 1290
4: WMBF.
0: Bob Joseph at your service. Bob Joseph, just a phone call away on a pleasant Friday morning from News Radio, WNBF 607-772-1290 is the number. If you'd like to send an email, the address is bob at wnbf.com. Either way, feel free to participate with our program here on WNBF. I don't care if Monday's blue,
7: Tuesday's gray.
0: It is Friday, and I'm in Binghamton. Friday, I am in the Parlor City at 1012 on WNBF, WNBF.com. Uh, we have had the news story on the air this morning, and It's also on our website over at WNBF.com about the situation over at the post office. And one of our listeners actually called my attention to the situation, which had been posted on a social media platform. So I decided to go check that out at the post office over at Vestal Avenue and Mary Street. And... Yeah, I took some pictures and then asked some questions. Now, the initial version, the first posted version of the story over at WNBF.com, had a dropped word. So I made an error with a dropped word in the uh, first version of the story. It was corrected when it was called to my attention. But uh, the initial story suggested, not suggested, the original story said that the curb apparently was installed by mistake. Well, no, that was not the case. It should have read the curb was not installed by mistake. So that was my mistake. See, I made an error. So sorry for the uh, confusion for those who were confused because of that error, a dropped word. See, that's why we all need editors. I need an editor the people on tv need an editor the people in the newspaper need an editor there's in when it comes to journalism there's no one more important than editors problem now with journalism there's not enough money for editors so if we could hire an editor if we had the money to hire an editor we would but i mean we have a an editor who you know, for content, but doesn't review everything before I post it. So that was a dropped word. So if you saw that story initially and said, Yeah, I'm not really sure, I understand the point. But anyway, you could take a look at that. Now, the thing is about that curb at the post office on the Mary Street side of the post office, and now I've been there looking at it a few times. I, I know everybody's like, why would you have to go there more than once? And, well, because I'm tr- trying to look at, look at something from a couple of different angles. But the thing about the spaces at the small post office there, that neighborhood post office, they still have those parking spaces lined up. I mean, that's that's what they do. So he didn't remove the parking space area. It still says, you know, parking, I think, for postal customers, words to that effect. And then, just to see how, how close that one handicap space is, the one space that was designated, it says reserve parking, van accessible, with the universal handicap logo for people with handicap permits. So reserve parking, van accessible, So, from that space to the front door of the post office is about 11 steps. So, that was convenient, but now you can't do it. And the sign that's still up, it says, Warning, Parking for Postal Customers Only. So, you know, you can understand why some people are probably confused. Because it still says parking for postal customers only and reserved for customers. And now there's a curb in front of it. But as we have indicated, the curb was not put there by mistake. It was intentionally done. 1016 at News Radio, WNBF, WNBF WNBF.com. What else is going on in the wide world of news? Stop by... The new Vestal Emergency Squad building, Vestal Volunteer Emergency Squad. And their new building is almost complete. I mean, the construction is done. The construction is completed, but there are a few final things, finishing touches. And that building over on the Vestal Parkway near the beautiful Vestal Public Library and the beautiful Vestal Museum. So if you want to see where things stand with that building, actually uh, have some pictures on the website. You can see for yourself at WNBF.com. It's very nice. I think as the squad is able to get into the building, I think they're probably going to like that. I think it's The design looks to be modern and appropriate. They even have their own little dispatching room. I think I mentioned yesterday when Patrick Dewing, the director of emergency services for Broome County, was here in the studio, that they do have a dispatching room if that became necessary. So it looks like a nice design. So I'm sure the people in the town of Vestal will be proud of that when it opens soon. It's 1018 News Radio, WNBF. Remember, this is a pleasant Friday, so we will keep everything pleasant on this morning when you call 607-772-1290. Bob Joseph on News Radio, WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM. And always available on the free WNBF app.
6: WNBF.
0: Driving to to kind of get a donut. Get them. Gotta get them. Need a donut. 1021 WNBF, WNBF WNBF.com. On a pleasant Friday morning with Bob Joseph. Hope you're having a great day so far. So something happened over at the White House. Maybe you heard about it. Maybe you didn't hear about it. But the weird thing is, is suddenly the White House uh, Twitter feed has some kind of an attitude. So everything was going fine. Seriously, everything was going fine with the White House Twitter feed. It looked like, oh, I guess you would say a normal White House Twitter feed operated by the usual suspects. And then suddenly they hired someone from New Jersey to start running The Twitter feed over the White House. And now suddenly that whole Twitter feed has a bad attitude. And I I didn't know. I'm just seeing this story now for the first time. But uh, it was posted earlier this month by David Wildstein from a website called New Jersey Globe. So this is why the Twitter feed at the White House has an attitude now. The person who's running it is from New Jersey. Her name is Megan Coyne, and she helped to develop a very successful Twitter account with an attitude in New Jersey. That's what we need here in New York State. We need Some Twitter accounts with attitude. We just don't have them. Our elected officials don't seem to have much of an attitude when they're on Twitter. So anyway, uh, this Megan Coyne had been the social media director for New Jersey's governor, Phil Murphy. And now she got hired to run... The Office of Digital Strategy, she's Deputy Director of Platforms. Imagine going to your parents and saying, Hey, Mom, Dad, I've just been hired to be Deputy Director of Platforms over at the White House. Well, that's her job. So, she now is in charge of that Twitter feed, and that's why the White House... Twitter feed suddenly has an attitude and maybe you heard about it. I mean there's something going on let me see I haven't checked the White House Twitter feed this morning to see what she's posted hopefully it's nothing that's offensive let's see the White House and oh they're Still posting things about members of Congress who got lots of money in those loans, PPP loans, for example. The Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, you've probably heard of her, says Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene had one hundred eighty-three dollars, one hundred eighty-three thousand dollars in PPP loans forgiven, and then they on the White House Twitter feed, post something else from Twitter that said, quoted uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene apparently during an interview on Newsmax when she said, for our government just to say, okay, your debt is completely forgiven, it's completely unfair. So the White House Twitter feed points out she had $183,000 in loans forgiven, it says here. Another member of Congress, according to the White House Twitter feed, Congressman Mike Kelly had nearly a million dollars in loans forgiven. And then, to be clever, the White House retweets a message that Mike Kelly had sent uh, on Wednesday where he said, asking plumbers and carpenters to pay off the loans of Wall Street advisors and lawyers isn't just unfair, it's also bad policy. And yet, he had a million dollars in loans forgiven, according to the White House Twitter feed. Oh, the very popular Florida congressman, Matt Gates had $482,000 in loans forgiven. So, the woman who now runs the White House Twitter feed is someone from New Jersey. So that's why suddenly the Twitter feed has some sort of an attitude. Which is nice for a change. I'm not saying she should do it all the time. I'm just saying it's nice to see something less predictable. Because so many, so many of the Twitter feeds that are operated by governments Agencies or elected officials. They're so, so boring. So a little bit of attitude actually probably helps. It's 1026 at News Radio, WNBF, and WNBF.com. Welcome. Somebody just sent an email. Oh, it's Gary from Binghamton South Side. Hey, thanks, Gary. This is uh, about the parking thing over at the post office, which we were talking about earlier. So, Gary from the South Side, who actually is quoted in the story about that new curb at the post office that was put there intentionally in front of the existing parking spaces remember it's just a neighborhood post office you don't need a lot of parking spaces because it's not grand central station you probably just need three spaces or so because people aren't crowding into that station most hours of the day so they had a handicap space enough space that, say, if you used a special van and needed to easily exit the van, you were almost right next to the door. I walked it off myself. Actually, the first time I walked it off, it was about 10 steps. And then another time, I used slightly smaller steps, so it was 11 steps. So desperately close to the front door of the post office. So how convenient is that? Say, if you have mobility issues, that's almost almost too good to be true. Well, it worked. It worked for years, but now it doesn't work anymore because they put the curb in. But Gary from the South Side wrote an email. Since we talked about this and also have the story at WNBF.com, please look at the Google Earth picture that the mayor's office provided to prove their statement. Note that the picture proves just the reverse of what they stated. The curb on the right side of the photo clearly shows uh, a raised curb. Well, the side with the post office shows a flush-level curb. If the repaving of the street raised the height up enough to make it flush with the roadway, then why is the other side not flush with the road surface? This picture proves that the parking spaces were there with the lower curb. Well, it's true. 2012 Google Earth makes it clear the spaces were there. The spaces are still there. You just really can't use them. Unless they're using one of those giant vehicles. Well, okay, there I exaggerate. The curb itself is probably... I don't know. I didn't didn't use a a tape measure. I would say the curb might be about two or three inches. So it's not probably going to wreck your car. It's just clearly they don't want you to use those parking spaces anymore. But as they say if those parking spaces were officially decommissioned shouldn't they have worked with the post office to take down the signs and remove the striping and even put up a sign now if they don't want people to park there because it is close to the intersection i agree that it probably for safety Where safety is concerned, and you know I am concerned about safety, for safety's sake, it probably should not have been there in the first place. So if you have decommissioned those parking spaces, or if that's what you wanted to do, you could have contacted the person in charge of the post office and said, look, this is a safety issue. There's now more traffic on Mary Street than there used to be because of the Number 5 Commons project. So traffic volume has increased compared to what it had been before the new stores and the bank and so on went in over there. So that is one element that has changed. So for safety's sake, we think that it's no longer smart to have people backing out of parking spaces right here so close to the intersection so this is what we're going to do about it and we're also we're going to put in a new curb so let's work together to come up with a viable solution so everyone is happy Or, well in fairness everyone is never happy but most people could probably be happy the truth is if you're going to try to find any solution to any of life's challenges, if you think you're going to make everyone happy, it probably can't be done. That goal would be elusive, but still, you know, it just seemed to me that I would have taken down the signs or had somebody With the Postal Service or whoever owns the building, whoever is authorized to take down the signs, take down the signs and then put up a no parking sign and then come up with an alternative for people who use the post office. And that way, everyone would be happy. Most everyone. 1035, Bob Joseph. Thank you, Gary, by the way, because it was, after all, it was Gary who spotted this because he lives I think a few blocks away, so he spotted it. And then he put it up on social media. And then I believe Dave from Binghamton spotted that and forwarded the image to me. So I decided, why not? Why not get out of the newsroom and go see for myself? It's Bob Joseph, News Radio 1290. WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and always available online at WNBF.com.
8: I
2: was 50.
0: Pleasant Friday. This is the free world, the voice of the free world with Bob Joseph. And it is Women's Equality Day and we are in favor of equality for all and especially women. So Women's Equality Day is uh, today. And we're told that Governor Kathy Hochul is about to make a big announcement at the Center for Women in Government at the University of Albany. So, not sure what the announcement will be, but it probably, it probably will be um, very meaningful for most people. So we'll monitor that. Hold on, hold on. Let's go live to Albany. (laughs) Wait, sounds like Neil Young. Hold on, where is, where is the satellite feed for Kathy Hochul? Okay, here we go. This is Governor Kathy Hochul empowering women in the workforce. Uh, she is live right now in Albany. Beginning
9: ...the founding of our nation up until then. So this was significant. and. We talk about this a lot, especially as I chaired the Centennial Commission for Women's Suffrage here in New York. We were ahead of most major states. So that's what we do. We're New Yorkers. We always have to be first. It's a matter of pride. Uh, so back in 2017, we celebrated the entire year, and culminating in a great.
0: I wonder if she's going to say anything about people having to move to Florida. Hold on. Everything purple it's, and
9: all of our colors and.
0: I don't have an advanced like script, so we'll see if she mentions anything about women. Have who disagree with her need to move to to Florida.
9: Four grandmothers who went on this long, long journey since 1848 when a small community called Seneca Falls hosted 300 enlightened individuals. And it's amazing to think to this day, how did 300 people know where to go without social media telling them where the event was? I don't know. Uh, It's extraordinary. It's extraordinary. To the women there, but also the enlightened men, uh, we had people like Frederick Douglass who spoke passionately about the woman's right to vote, and so we've always had and needed strong allies. But the women really stood up with their voices and went against the tides of their society, their churches, their communities, and indeed, many cases, their families. So it's was a profound courage that they did this. So we should never lose sight of the fact that these were courageous individuals.
0: Wouldn't wouldn't it be nice if she would just make her announcement? Because I want to know what she's announcing. Secure
9: that right to vote for New York women. Unnecessary. So every day since then, we honor those early trailblazers. I don't
0: know if we're going to even get the announcement before the end of the program. Just tell us what you have to announce, Governor. uh,
9: Freedom for slaves, but also the women's rights movement. (laughs) Susan B. Anthony, Elizabeth Cady Stanton, Lucretia Mott, uh, Eleanor Roosevelt, and more recently people like Shirley Chisholm, You know, true people who stood up and says, I am a woman, and I have a place, and that place is anywhere I want it to be. And that's where we are today. And that's who we are today. Women have more progress to be made, without a doubt. We're going to talk about the shortfalls that exist today, but it's also on this celebratory day Women's Equality Day that we honor the milestones. And uh, in case you haven't been paying attention, one of those milestones was achieved a year ago. And I am so honored to be the first woman governor of the state of New York. So honored. Thank you.
0: All right. Well, she does have an announcement that she's going to make.
9: And we've demonstrated. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I've said this before, I do feel the weight on my shoulders, but I'm up for it because I also know what's going on today is going to affect the ability of women to be successful in the future. We are judged today. And the question being, can a woman handle the rough and tumble business of governing a state like New York? And we've been at it a year, my friends and I believe the answer is yes and it's not about me it's about the inner strength that so many women have and always have had and the confidence and the ability to see a problem not just on how to solve it but to how to make things right for people using your heart and your emotion so strength and compassion that's the combination that I feel that women leaders bring and that's how we're changing history that's how we're changing history right here but I'm also very aware as the first mom of the state and the first grandma of the state uh, that there's a lot of families out there that are struggling and boy this pandemic was cruel for women Uh, I wrote about this in an op-ed literally just a couple of weeks after the first shutdowns and we saw people the women primarily in the low-wage jobs who still had to show up you know, serving restaurant food, packaging up and giving to people in their cars as they pulled up, they showed up, the healthcare workers who showed up, leaving their own children, going into a place where they could contract a deadly virus and so little was known back then, but they had no choice. They went, they came back at the end of the day exposed their families, their parents, others, and they went back again the next day. And I saw the power of women being able to endure the unthinkable in those early months in particular. But there are other women whose jobs were just flat out lost. Women in hospitality, people who worked in the hotels and so many other businesses where they just, the jobs just went away. They didn't come back and many of them are still not back. So two dynamics going on here. One is that lower wage jobs, are primarily filled by women. That
0: so we are waiting. Right now, right now. Governor Kathy Hochul's major announcement, and she is speaking at the University also, of Albany.
9: Also, just valuing them more, paying them more so they can take care of their kids and their education and all the stress that moms are under even today, worrying about, am I going to have enough money to fill that child's backpack? Because everything costs so much more than it did one year ago. So women are under stress. And what are we doing about it? Well, first of all, we're talking about it. We're not pretending it doesn't exist. You don't sweep it under the rug. And what we've done and with my partners in the legislature, we've expanded childcare. I know all about childcare. I couldn't get someone to watch my kids 30 years ago, and I had to give up a job I love working on Capitol Hill. So I know what that's all about. Our income went from modest to zero from my end of the ledger. And that was a struggling time for us. But it was the reality I dealt with. That hasn't changed for a lot of women. So for the first time ever, we have made a record investment in child care, over $7 billion over the next four years, to help expand the opportunity so over half of the children in the state of New York will be able to have subsidized child care. We also know that when women go into the workplace, you know, they deserve to be free from sexual harassment. Period stop, and we've had to come a long way in changing culture here in government, but also sending the the message across the state, either in a private setting or in a public sector office. It's not okay. It's not tolerable, and there are consequences. So that is what we focused on over the last year as well. Also, putting women front and center in workforce development. Now, that doesn't sound real exciting to some people, but Roberta Reardon knows what I'm talking about. When I get excited about this. We go to workforce training centers, and these are apprenticeship programs where people are learning the skills. And I'm telling you, these are good-paying jobs, where we're building back this state. And I want to see more women in those jobs, more people of color in those jobs, whether it's the the green energy jobs, we're creating a whole new industry, the semiconductor industry, uh, the trades, we're doing construction projects, putting up affordable housing. I want to see more women in those jobs, and we are laser-focused on this, so that has been another commitment of ours. Let's also... Streamlining the process to be certified as an MWBE. How about that once and for all? It is a hassle. I helped start a number of family businesses. My sister wanted to start a tech company. She wanted her sister, the lawyer, who knew nothing about it, uh, to figure it out many years ago and to help her get certified as an MWBE. I still have PTSD from that experience. Uh, It is far too hard. It is... You want to pull your hair out when you realize, you know, the opportunities are there, ready to be seized. You know, billions of dollars of shares of state and local government contracts to help women get off the ground and start their business and do everything they want to do. Hire lots of people, but the regulations and the frustration around it sometimes just become too daunting. So we're shifting our focus and making that easier so we get more women involved. Another area we just announced a couple weeks ago first time since the TAP program has been available in the state of New York, 1964, it was always available only for full-time students, forgetting the fact that so many people, women in particular, have to work a job, they want to go to school, they have to come home and take care of their older parents, take care of their kids. They have so much going on, and we never gave them financial help to get that education. Until now, we said tuition assistance available for part-time students as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: All right, well, that was a bit, probably a lot longer than we really needed to go with um, Governor Kathy Hochul speaking at the University of Albany. And we'll continue to uh, keep an eye on what's going on there? Try to uh, ascertain if there is a really big, big announcement. There may be. It's ten fifty news radio WNBF. I was thinking she was going to announce something about the rabid fox because of everybody is all abuzz about the rabid fox and I thought maybe she would give us more details about particular you know, what in particular happened because there had to have been some explanation for what happened with the rabid fox but unfortunately apparently her announcement has nothing to do with anybody being attacked by the rabid fox. But we will monitor if she gets to that. We'll uh, pass on the information, because the rabid fox mystery uh, continues to baffle many people. Here's another thing. Speaking of Albany, New York State's trying to get back about $34 million that it shelled out. During the early days of the COVID pandemic, the allegation is that the money went to ventilators and other equipment that were never used, and in some cases, things that were never received. So the Attorney General Tish James is suing three companies and two people, alleging that they misappropriated public funds and breached pandemic-era contracts that were drawn up a couple of years ago. The lawsuits mostly concern the money that was spent on hundreds of hospital-grade ventilators that the state rushed to purchase in the days immediately following Governor Cuomo's declaration of a statewide emergency in March 2020. And the story is from the Albany Times Union. Raga Justin is reporting on that lawsuit. So we'll see if the state gets its money back for ventilators that were never used. 1052 at WNBF, 607 1290 Pete from Vestal, good morning.
10: Morning, sir. How are you today?
0: I am well. How are things?
10: No, just ducking. The rain stopped.
0: I didn't even know rain it was raining.
10: Just... Oh, it poured earlier.
0: Oh, really? Hmm.
10: Oh, yeah. It was bad. But we need it. So it's good. It's all good. So
0: did you see that Fox video? Sure. I've been watching it incessantly over the last few days. I, I've seen it, sure. and I keep I keep looking at it, and I'm saying, who did the editing? Why is it all edited? How come we don't have just a single shot? It looks like they sent it over to some editor to uh, take different camera angles. I always thought if a rabid fox would attack... They would send just uh, an unedited video so I could enjoy just the thing, or two separate raw videos so we could see exactly what happened.
10: Yeah. I saw it on Facebook originally, but it's not there anymore.
0: Yeah, one of the kids who posted it, there's a kid who does the weather down on a TV station in Harrisburg, and he posted it and he claimed that it was his cousin who got attacked by this rabid fox so that was on his twitter feed for a while and then he deleted it yesterday and nobody knows why it's deleted
10: i'm wondering if it's she didn't want it up there on facebook as like that but then i see on a major news network on the front page of their of their page today is the story and they've it looks like they've interviewed her because they've got her name um the town she lives in and you know, she, there, she was showing pictures of her hand and stuff. So maybe she didn't want it on Facebook and would rather have it just on Fox. Or maybe Fox told them not to put take it off the Facebook page.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I just find the whole thing. Yeah. There there are so many unanswered questions. It, it, And the question is, if this really happened in Ithaca, how come the Tompkins County Health Department hasn't weighed in? You would think that the health department in Tompkins County, would put out a statement corroborating what, what we're being told.
10: Yeah. I mean, it, it gives the date it happened. It's got her full name and stuff. So maybe you can reach out and contact her and see if she wants to do a on-air interview.
0: Yeah. Okay. Now I see the story. It says uh, her name is... And this is according to foxnews.com, so they put it on right. her... Or put it on their website. They identify her as Sherry Russo from Caroline, Tompkins County. It says she was attacked by the rabid fox and suffered 16 wounds. And she's 61. She told Fox News evidently that she thought the fox was her neighbor's dog, which, when you first see it, the first you know as the possibly rabid animal is coming at her. That's exactly what I would have thought. That it was a, a yeah. dog, like a, uh, I have a neighbor who has a small dog just about that size. I, I wouldn't think anything of it. It's like, oh, yeah. here, here, buddy.
10: Yeah, he was relentless. He, he wasn't giving up.
0: Yeah, that was scary. Okay, now I see uh, a picture um, of, of the woman, and now it says the picture credit is Kennedy News and Media i don't know what kennedy 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 Kennedy. news oh that's who yeah so apparently apparently kennedy news and media whatever that is um i don't know i just i i still have questions i don't i don't doubt i mean fox news has a good reputation as far as their reporting you know people might sometimes question opinion shows you know everybody has an opinion and uh, But the news reporting is, is usually uh, very accurate, so I've got to find out more. Maybe I'll give her a call during the news and see if she wants to come on the program to talk with us.
10: Yeah, right. go check it
0: out. Have you ever seen yourself, have you personally ever had to deal with a rabid animal in person?
10: Um, not personally, no. I've seen some that people thought were. Right. But they turned out to be mange. They were just they were, they had mange and they oh my god it's rabbit. No, it's just mange It's not gonna bother you, it's fine. So no, I've never seen any of any of them first in my entire life.
0: Well, well thankfully. Yeah, yeah. Well thank you for calling in about this. I I will have to try to um, get some additional information. If I don't have her on the program today, maybe I'll have her on the program on Monday. But I wanna know who this is Kennedy News and Media. Wonder if that's related to those Kennedys. You know what I'm saying? Kennedy News and Media. Because they have a a picture. Picture of her. Says she Sherry Russo is a retired nurse who was attacked by a rabid fox in her own front yard in broad daylight. The fox tested positive for rabies. And Russo received a rabies vaccine and antibiotics. I don't I don't understand though, none of these stories that I've seen, because I've seen this now for whatever a few days. I've seen nothing from the health department. So I would think say if a rabid fox attacked a retired nurse in Endwell, don't you think the Broome County Health Department would put A news release out, letting people know, watch out for rabid animals, including foxes that might be on the run. See, that's the problem. Every once in a while, not often, but every once in a while, if I'm traveling around, I might see a fox on the run. But they never look rabid, they just look like little... Little foxes. So I don't think I ever have seen an actual rabid animal. I mean, I've seen pictures and video, but never in person. But still, the bottom line is, if if there's even a slight risk that rabid foxes are running around in Ithaca or Caroline, if that's even a possibility, what if they decide for the weekend to take an Uber and they go from Caroline to Vestal. So what if you have, say, like a gang or whatever they call them, I don't know, a pack, yeah, a pack of rabid foxes, and they decide to take an Uber from Caroline and drive down to Vestal, down near the library, what then? you think the health department would put out a notice? I I would hope so. It's 11 o'clock. Bob Joseph, always with a few questions, here on WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com.
1: Good morning on this Friday, August 26th. It's 1104. You're listening to WNBF. Access to a few parking spaces at a neighborhood post office in Binghamton now is affected by a newly installed curb. The spaces are located on the east side of the Southview Station Post Office at Vestal Avenue and Mary Street, Nearby residents have wondered whether the construction of the curb in front of the parking lot was done in error. Gary Leichel, who lives near the post office, snapped a photo of the situation when he noticed it. Leichel said he posted the image on Facebook, noting that the curb now blocks the marked parking spaces next to the building. In his post, he suggested that people should call the mayor's office and file a complaint. The curb was not installed by mistake. In an email to WMBF News, Deputy Mayor Megan Hyman wrote, As far as we can tell, there has long been a curb there, but over the years it was covered by asphalt or crumbled. The curb is a pedestrian and traffic safety improvement at that intersection, planned as part of the Mary Street infrastructure work. She sent a 2012 Google Street View image illustrating the, park's, the parking area's condition from a decade ago. The reconstruction project of Ty Cobb Stadium at Union Endicott High School is moving forward, but plenty of work remains to be done over the next month. Demolition work of the existing bleachers behind the school on East Main Street in Endicott began just after graduation ceremonies were held in the stadium in late June. Union Endicott School District Director of Facilities and Safety, Toby Riddleberger, said the project remains on track for completion by October 1st. In an email, Riddleberger said a crane is being used to place the last concrete risers this week. He said the work is far from complete, and detail work remains to be done along the entire stadium. Wirtelberger said a smaller crane will be used to install concrete steps. The existing pavement at the stadium will be removed and replaced after the steps have been installed. Sections of aluminum seating are scheduled to arrive early next month. New railings also will be installed along the back area of the stadium near the school building. Union Endicott voters approved funding for the stadium reconstruction work in a 2019 Capital Project referendum. The work is expected to cost about $1.3 million. New York State began accepting applications Thursday to open its first legal recreational pot shops, taking a novel approach by reserving the initial roughly 150 retail dispensary licenses for people with past pot convictions or their relatives. The application process is a key step toward opening one of the country's most hotly awaited legal cannabis markets, but there's no exact date yet for sales to begin. Except for California, New York is the most populous state among the 19 U.S. states that have legalized possession, and use of marijuana for adults. New York officials have emphasized that they want to make sure the new industry provides opportunity to people who bore the brunt of drug law enforcement which fell disproportionately on black and Latino people. The state announced this winter that the first round of retail cannabis licenses would go to businesses and nonprofit groups with a leader who is convicted of a marijuana offense or has a close relation who was. The New York Division of Criminal Justice Services and the New York State Police have announced the minimum standards for concealed carry firearm safety training in New York. The guidelines create a variety of checks to ensure those who wish to conceal carry a firearm are properly trained on how to use and store the firearm. Those seeking a concealed carry firearm permit must undergo 16 hours of in-person instruction, which would cover a variety of topics. That training includes at least two hours of both training on firearm safety and maintenance, and education on state and federal gun laws. Other training includes firearm storage, conflict de-escalation, encountering law enforcement, suicide prevention, and at least one hour on basic principles of marksmanship. For concealed carry firearm applicants who have already received the required training over the last five years, licensing officers can give credit to satisfy some of the requirements of the new guidelines. After the 16 hours of instruction, students must score at least 80% on a written test and conduct two hours of live fire training followed by a live fire assessment test. A New York City police detective has asked the U.S. Supreme Court to stop the city from firing him and other workers for refusing to get vaccinated against COVID-19. Lawyers for Detective Anthony Marciano asked the court Thursday for an emergency injunction that would block the city from enforcing a rule requiring all municipal employees to get vaccinated. Marciano, a 10-year police veteran, was among a small percentage of civil servants who refused the shots and didn't qualify for a medical or religious exemption. More than 1,000 New York City employees have been fired for refusing the vaccines, and others are waiting to find out whether the requests for exemptions will be approved. Legal challenges to the rules have largely failed, but Marciano's case is still pending in a federal appeals court. In a petition to the Supreme Court, Marciano's lawyer asked Justice Sonia Sotomayor to block the city from enforcing its rule until that appeal is resolved. It's 11.09, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton. Right now about 77 degrees, 72% humidity. Some chance of showers today, all partly cloudy for the rest of the day. A high near 83, a low near 63 degrees. Tomorrow, high near 78 degrees, sunny. And tomorrow night, low near 60. And on Sunday, a high near 85 and sunny. And Sunday night, low of 58 degrees, mostly clear. It's 11, 11 where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF, WNBF.com, and 92.1 FM. News Radio
6: 1290,
7: WNBF.
0: Friday morning, this is Pleasant Radio. Bob Joseph, WNBF, broadcasting from the Quiet Islands as we enjoy another hour of live conversation. Is that a rabid fox? Come on. I don't think that fox is rabid.
4: Fox on the run. The Hundred nineteen
0: miles an hour. Come on, man. All right, so the fox on the run. I still have a lot of questions about that whole thing. The whole premise, the video, the editing, how it ostensibly happened weeks ago, and then the video just shows up out of the blue this month, and then uh, it gets deleted by this woman's alleged cousin who is a weather guy on a Harrisburg TV station. It just strikes me as weird. Then I looked at this organization that apparently got through to the woman, They call it Kennedy News and Media. No, it's not some sort of chicken place on the west side. Kennedy News and Media. No, it's not related to RFK Jr., as far as I know. It's just weird. Kennedy News and Media. So somehow, this outfit has a story with... Pictures, apparently, they talked to her. And the weird thing is, this is not a U.S. organization. It's from England, the U.K., across the pond. So you have to ask yourself, what is going on here? And the more I look at this, I have a sense the only reason this woman talked to Kennedy News and Media, she must have been paid. So she has given them lots of pictures and apparently talked to her or talked to whoever this outfit is Um. and I figure she probably got paid it doesn't say or at least I'm looking at the story it doesn't say they paid her to tell her story but something still something about this so it claims that this happened at 2:30 p.m. on July 25th. So it happened a month ago. She says she's married to gas company operations manager Paul. There's just the whole thing is just weird. Thank God, I guess. I guess if you get attacked by a rabid fox, why would you just tell the story, why wouldn't you shop it around for a month so you could make some cash money? But it's still... It's still... It's just odd. It says the video was first shared on Facebook by her husband, Paul. So it says, my wife was attacked by a rabid fox this past July. So he posted that on Sunday, even though they say she was attacked on July 25th. Our friend edited the security camera footage and made this educational video for us to post to alert everyone that this can happen to anyone. But as I mentioned to uh, Paul from Vestal, or Pete from Vestal earlier, why don't they just put out the if they've got two videos, and apparently they have at least two different videos from two cameras, i they just release the raw video so we can see from both angles. We don't need Fox Attacks to be edited. Show me the raw video. And my guess is, since she spoke to this outfit in the UK, I suspect that she's not doing any free interviews. That's the one thing With WNBF News, we don't pay for interviews. I know, you're saying, well, you should get better interviews. Yeah, I guess you could. But we don't. If people will only talk for news stories if they get paid, those are people I don't need to speak with. Vinny from Binghamton, good morning.
8: Yes, good morning, Bob. Bob, I want to talk about the midterms and Joe Biden. I, um, you know, looking at these these um, numbers that are coming back and all these voting areas, you know, I, I'll tell you, I'm 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 hoping and praying one of the big things that comes out in the midterms is the numbers and how the American people should understand now how important these midterms are, and what, the reason why I say it is because, like I've said before, the president of the United States is a temporary job. A lot of these bills and all these laws and all this stuff that affects all of us cannot really come from the president. He can start it, but it is Congress, the House and the Senate. These are the lawmakers. These are the guiding people that guide this country through years and years and, and, and decades and decades and generations. That's why the midterms are so important because these are the people. That are really going to affect you, and it kind of goes back to all politics is local. And when you start seeing these numbers get higher and higher and higher, man, this is the change that this country needs. It really does. I see all these young people now getting into politics because they're starting to understand midterms are important. Now, like I said, our last midterms that we had was was you know we had record record numbers, and that's the most important. These people that we're sending down to Washington, this is where laws are made. It's not the president. The most they can be in there is eight years. And I think what the media has done these last, since Trump four and the last two with Joe Biden, is they have neglected the 81 million people that have voted for uh, Joe Biden. All we have heard these last six years, oh, Donald Trump's base. Oh, Donald Trump. No
0: Mainly because of the demographics. His supporters, yeah. his supporters have more money, so obviously the media wants to target them because they have more money and they would be more attractive to the advertisers.
8: Well, well yeah, yeah that, and they're not, they haven't grown. His, his base is worth, and like I said, where are they going to go? Where is Donald Trump's base going to go? Kevin McCarthy? Ted Cruz?
0: Ron DeSantis. The big D. Yeah. The big D. Yeah,
8: let's say- Yeah, let that guy come out of Florida and start talking that stuff. Come on, Ron. Can you imagine,
0: and I don't mean this in a bad way, Uh but can you imagine if this country ever elects a president from Florida? And again, for my friends who live in Florida, I don't mean that Uh in a bad way, but can you imagine if the country does? Have we ever had a president from Florida?
8: I can't remember, Bob. But, you know, he reminds me of the guy they were going to do with, um, oh, what was his name? Scott uh, from Minnesota. Remember, he was the darling. Oh, he took him. He was in Minnesota or uh, one of those places. Oh, he really took the Democrats. He got blown away. He got of on the big stage. He got blown away. Trump beat him for crying out loud. Scott Walker.
0: Oh, thanks. I, I was I was drawing a blank. I I could visualize him. I closed my eyes and I could visualize him, but I couldn't think of his last name.
8: He was the big liberal slayer, Bob. He was going across. He was cutting them all down there in Minnesota. He got on the big national stage and got blown away. This is the same thing that's going to have this Sanders.
0: All right. Well, we'll see what happens. What about um, what about Governor Abbott? He'd be good. No, I don't think he. Greg would. Abbott. Don't you think he would be a, a popular, a popular uh, candidate uh, that the Republicans could nominate and probably get some independent voters because of his principled stance, uh, sending migrants to places like New York City and D.C. on buses?
8: No, no, a lot of those guys, Bob. A lot of those guys came too far to the right. All right, they—they right. they, they really did. They—they, they, they, you know, they're—they're they're so worried about. Um, uh, yeah, doing this little Mickey Mouse stuff on the side, get yeah, on the national stage when it's really true. What you know, how what, the big issues. What do you ever feel about abortion, abortion, A Roe versus weight You know, all this the college loans. I mean, it, these big issues, and they're on the stage, just one on one. What are you going to do?
0: Well, it'll be interesting. The other thing is, say if Desantis is the nominee, which he probably will be, is it okay for him? to make Trump his vice presidential choice. So DeSantis could be on the top of the ticket, but he could have a former president on on the bottom of the ticket. Has that ever been done before?
8: No, and DeSantis wouldn't do that. Are you sure? He, oh, absolutely. He couldn't keep the guy shut up. Plus, he might be in jail, Bob. So.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, he's not going to be in jail. Come on, man. <laughs> He'll tell him.
8: Dude, no, like I told you before, I don't think he's going to jail, but I think he will not be able to get into politics. Right. He will not, and nothing to do anymore.
0: All right. Think. Well, it's going to be interesting. I'm I'm anxious to see how how it all plays out. It's eleven twenty-two. Bob Joseph, WNBF. It's uh, a pleasant Friday. I think you'll agree with the conversations we've had so far over the past two hours, and of course some of the musical interludes. We are striving to ease you into your final pleasant weekend of august as so we continue taking calls at six zero seven 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 two twelve ninety john from binghamton good morning
5: hey bob uh... when is uh, main street in johnson city uh... going to uh, start this uh, much heralded binghamton university recovery uh, when when is the business activity going to start down there
0: yeah that's a good question i I haven't seen it yet, but I'm sure it's I'm sure it's on its way. I'm sure they'll probably rename it that stretch, which is now known as Main Street in Johnson City, from uh, the arch down to Westover. they're probably going to rename that stretch University Boulevard
2: uh
5: It's interesting uh, that there's actually less businesses on Main Street in Johnson City now uh, than there was before these university projects. Uh, or even started or finished.
0: Yeah, I've but, noticed that. Why do you think that is?
5: Well, CVS. You know, isn't it ironic? I mean, you know, they start a pharmacy school and then these chain drugstores start closing. You
0: know, I right? hadn't even thought about that. You're yeah. right. A CVS located almost within shouting distance of the highly renowned School of Pharmacy over on Corliss Avenue, that closed, it unceremoniously closed. The only person who even documented the closure of the CVS store on Main Street in Johnson City uh, near the pharmacy school was WNBF. I mean, the host of this program. Nobody else even gave it a a mention. And uh, there were interns, uh, you know, at these uh,
5: chain pharmacies. Uh, But in 2014... Uh, Harvey Stanger started this uh, uh, 20 by 220, as a news release dated 2014, and uh, they said that in 2020 there would be 20,000 students. And now, of course, we're eight years later from that announcement, 2022, and uh, they're not even close uh, to that number.
0: But Uh, he he would say well, I shouldn't speak for him, I suspect he would say, well, John, that's because of the pandemic. Uh,
5: well, why not blame that? But I, I, I just, I, I think it's strange. Well, here's my point. My point is this, is that the Oakdale Commons, too, will be up and running uh, before uh, 50% of
0: those empty storefronts in Johnson City are filled. Yeah, but I'll tell you one thing. It, they've had at least $10 million in federal COVID money to make that possible. Because remember, uh, Broome County is spending $5 million in federal COVID relief money and the Town of Union also is spending $5 million in COVID relief money too for the Oakdale Commons. So I would, I would submit to you, John, if main street in johnson city had ten million dollars to support it that it would it would uh probably do better
5: well i i just you know here's three quick suggestions uh and uh, it's on a little different subject but it, you know my subject is answering this bs that's predominant uh, among the political class and it's down uh my three suggestions are uh let Rod Serling, rest in peace. Uh, After this statue was put up, by the way, the IDA just approved a $75,000 study on some sort of Rod Serling Center. I mean, you know, uh, so, uh, you know, this was cute when it started. Uh, You know, Helen Foley was wanted to promote herself and Rod, and this was her big success in life, and that's all she did, the late Helen Foley, the teacher at, uh, my teacher at Binghamton High School. Uh, that's all she did. Uh, it was cute when Ron- Juanita Crabb created the Binghamton Local Development Corporation to bring the Twilight Zone premiere, and everybody feels bad that Rod Sterling died at such a young age. But at some point, uh, this guy who was born in Syracuse came here and lived. At some point, and I think the point is now. Enough with Rod Serling already. Uh, the next thing I would do is I would have the Speedy Festival pack it in. And what I would wait a do...
0: second. What what you said about Rod Serling was incendiary enough, and now now you're talking about something else. You're you're putting two. Two concepts together in a span of less than 30 seconds that seems designed to stir things up.
5: No, these are three things that uh, to move this area forward and, and not be in the same kind of uh, Volvo in Vermont mud uh, that we're in now. So uh, have the Speedy Festival pack it in. And what I would suggest is that food trucks be allowed at uh, the... the uh, uh, Austin Angle Park on the weekends, and uh, if bands want to perform, very organically, they call the county. The county puts up the stage. Uh, they get a fee and uh, uh, they get a fee and uh, in insurance, and bands take the stage. So there you have your food and your bands organically, no big hype. Uh, can be, uh, you know, all summer long, and people can have speedies there, too. The third thing I would do is, uh, and by the way, the county would get money for this, and it wouldn't be subsidized. They would actually uh, make money and not have to, all these in-kind services, and people would not have to pay, I don't know what it is, what is it, 10 $20 to park a car. The third thing I would do is make the dicks open what it is a once a summer concert at a public facility dispense with these uh, senior citizen golfers uh it's a
0: joke except for john daly always allow john daly to come at the concert maybe have john daly pay john daly uh, an appearance fee to be the mc at the concert
5: yeah well, just have the concert. Let the county get what every other venue gets, which is 5 to 8% of the gross ticket sales. Uh, let uh, John Carides uh, make his uh, $200,000 pay. Uh, but let's let's dispense with this uh, three days of, of, of golf. This is long in the tooth.
0: But the it's problem not. about that is they're just on the cusp of getting the red carpet in redone. I talked to the guy from New Jersey. He said to me a few days ago that he, he wants to redo the red carpet inn across the street from the golf course on West Main Street. And so at a time when the once stellar all-electric motel, the Southern Tier's first all-electric motel that was touted as uh, some sort of modern miracle at the time, so you're saying... That at the exact point when that place might reopen under, you know, potentially new branding and and with new hope and new vitality for West Endicott, you're saying do away with the golf tournament.
5: Yes, to move forward, to move forward, uh, you know. Uh,
0: but the, the, could we still at least have John Daly? If, if we offer him $10,000 to at least be the MC for the concert, can we at least have him?
2: uh... Sure, he's All a right. fine fellow.
5: He's probably. Uh, the only amusing uh, uh, person on the tour. With he has those-
0: a he has a personality. I, lo- I yeah. I, I'm not saying I would behave that way, but I enjoy him. He he seems like a, a very well, personable person. And and to be blunt, he's a character. I think people love him.
5: Well, yeah. I mean, look, the whole Dick's Dick's Open is a low testosterone, a celebration of uh, men who wax their legs. You know what I mean? So it's uh, <laughs> and drink too much beer. Uh, so, uh, we can move forward uh, on on those suggestions. I think they're decent suggestions. Uh, and uh, I, I uh, just am, am, am waiting. I'm waiting for uh, Main Street in Johnson City to be revitalized. And uh, I remain skeptical.
0: Well, it occurs to me, though, yes, the CVS closed, but they have a new coffee shop
5: and they had an antique shop the antique shop closed really? 6 6 months after it was announced all right and uh, you know uh, co- coffee shops are fine I, but the red robin closed so
0: yeah but uh, it's going to reopen it's going to be called the the blue no blue dolphins already taken um the green hornet uh, or I, something i you know but but it's it trust me Trust me, I think it, I think that's going to be nice. It won't be like the Red Robin, but it'll be something new. So, And the guy said he'll probably open that up in a few months. So what about
5: that? Well, what about it? Here's, here's the what about it. Uh, any project that's on the drawing board, including Matthew Paulus, uh, that's a 100% tax-subsidized deal. He's put none of his own money up. In fact, he got $200,000 in a working capital from the IDA. It's, It's. this is not, I mean, just go to these meetings and ask these people, how much of your own money are you putting up?
0: But they won't let you go to the meetings. Right? The IDA still won't let you go to the meetings, am I right?
5: Yeah, depending on, uh, on... I'm, I'm, I I read the transcripts now.
0: Right, but the, remember, the last time I went to an IDA meeting, I almost got kicked out. In fact, I did get kicked out, but fortunately, cooler heads prevailed because actually some members of the IDA apparently like me, some of whom have been on the program, so they, they said, all right, Bob, you can come in, but don't ever, and now I'm paraphrasing this part, you can come in, but the implicit thing was don't ever try to pull this again by covering an IDA meeting in person.
5: Well, it's interesting. The <laughs> IDA has a payroll of 550000 and 175000 goes to uh, the director. <laughs> so, well, as it
0: know. should. As it should, John. Come on, man. But here's the thing. I still say I have no, I have no problem with the compensation. I just think that the meetings ought to be open to journalists and interested members of the community. I mean, the, look, the pandemic. Essentially, I know there is still a modest risk of COVID. I understand, but using the pandemic as a cover to keep people like you and me from the meetings—that we'll just say the optics don't look good.
5: Well, it, it's 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 interesting because you know it, it when this Dix Commons was going, there was a rush vote because. Uh, Mr. Matthews said that there was a big employer, 1,100 jobs, and they needed to know, uh, this was on a Wednesday, they needed to know on Thursday, so this company that was going to bring 1,100 jobs to that mall, uh, all well-paying jobs, needed this vote of confidence to decide. Well, apparently <laughs> apparently they didn't come in, and apparently it wasn't a rush a uh, job so i mean how but
0: about- a restaurant that is open six days a week they'll employ dozens of people mostly part-time
5: well look here's here's the point i'm not talking i'm talking about i'm not talking about transients here uh... suitcase city usa where the, the bridge and tunnel crowd comes in uh, and they show their belly buttons and their rear ends walking around main street about a sophisticated uh, as Snooky, I'm not talking about the situation uh, on State Street. What I'm talking about, by the way, the State Street doesn't exist except for uh, Tom and Marty's, and I mean you know that's that's been uh, decimated. So so what are these people trying to pull here? Uh, you know, it, it, it's uh, it, it's a very strange and desperate place, and I think that people like myself, uh, ideas. Uh, after 25 years, 30 years, 50 years of a proven track record, uh, should be listened to, not shunned, and we can we can move on. But we're I mean uh, uh, nobody knows who Rod Serling is anymore. I mean that's the fact. And seventy five thousand dollars for a study, boy, I'd like that. You know, and, uh, you know, and the next thing we can do too. Is Finally, and this is my last suggestion, cut this guy that's got $4 million, a net worth of $4 million at least, this M Stanley Whittingham, I guess the M stands for money, uh, cut him off of being subsidized uh, by the bungalow owners, by the small mom-and-pop stores. Cut him off of the uh, university uh, uh, bounty and let him stand on his loan. If, if he's Mr. Lithium, Mr. Battery, Mr. Inventor, then I suggest uh, he does what he does with his own money or raise the money.
0: All right, John, a shocking idea, and I'm sure your ideas actually will eventually generate some response. It, the thing about that, with all those ideas from John from Binghamton, it happened so late in the program. I mean here it is. We're in the, the closing minutes of the program on a Friday in August. And let's face it, by now, half the audience is already in weekend mode, if you know what I mean. Six zero seven 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 two twelve ninety. Email Bob at WNBF.com. As we often say on the radio, don't touch that dial. You could say see- 1140 with Bob Joseph. It's almost the weekend, so stand by. We'll keep you posted. The weekend countdown continues. Martin in Binghamton, good morning. You're on the air.
2: Yeah, good morning. Yeah, hey, I can't believe what a curmudgeon John's kind of turned into here. There. I can't believe this is the same guy in high school that used to sneak the Rolling Stone magazine in to high school. That's the, the first time I ever saw that magazine, and he was part of a, a group. His brother was a great musician, and all of them. And he was right on the forefront of music and stuff like that. And was all you know progressive. And but uh, you know, we all get older and take well, our way. of so, course,
0: we all evolve. We all we all change over the years. The interesting thing you make the point about the Rolling Stone magazine back then. It really was something. Now it's some sort of slick joke. I mean, it's uh, it. I don't know why they do it i mean it it certainly has an audience and i guess it's attractive to advertisers but it's nothing like the original rolling stone
2: no it was it was very kind of uh you know under under wraps and sure it was it kind was of right counterculture
0: under, counterculture counter- underground. underground you know now it, it's gone full madison avenue on us
2: had a lot of mystique to it and you know it was a cult thing and um but um the reason i'm calling is that i caught my eye here in the, the press in the morning um Binghamton's exchange street uh changes here um and it says where the uh orlo chapman's house was uh taken down to make room for the library um growing up here on the first ward um you know walking through the cemetery i you just get right on the main drag and just keep walking come around the turn right there as i always wondered is a we call it the washington monument it's about 70 80 feet high orlo w chapman we always wondered who the hell that guy was you know and uh who was he it doesn't say in here what he did or
0: um, i don't know whatever. he must be great though you're right and thank by the way i i hadn't opened up my my copy of the newspaper i have it right here and i'm looking Looking at that feature with Jerry Smith, I'll, I'll uh, have to ask Gerald Smith what he knows about Orlo Chapman.
2: Yes, yes. And as uh, kids, we would continue walking, go underneath the fence, and continue on, go to the first word pool, and put a quarter on the counter, and go, fish, go swimming, and a uh, beautiful pool. And I learned to swim in there, as a matter of fact. There two diving boards, two uh, slides a deck, beautiful pool i had a couple bricks up when they demolished it but they never put nothing back and um i was also uh, i was wondering i haven't heard nothing in the news or on the radio uh, maybe it's timing i haven't heard anything from our first word councilman have you had him on the show at all lately or?
0: no no he's not on the show anymore in fact The council members just don't come on the show, I guess, anymore. I'm not sure why. They're always welcome. I mean, we have seven council members. That that would mean we could have one council member a month, and and that way we'd rotate and have have, uh, the council members on, like, maybe every other month, every three months. But no, the council members don't come on. They don't return calls anymore.
2: Um, I wonder if it's an edict from the new mayor.
0: Well, could be. It could be that all... All people affiliated with city government, regardless of party, are no longer, um, I'm not going to say, obviously he can't tell them what to do, but I bet there's some sort of guidance. You know, it's a free country, and it's probably, I bet the guidance, or the word, nobody would write this down, but I, I suppose what it is, is nobody who is on any I mean, even the the first, second, third, fifth floors of City Hall. I mean, fourth floor, obviously, that's the mayor's office. Obviously, they're not going to come on. But there must be a an edict or a general guidance don't, if you ever have anything to do at City Hall, don't go on his program, because that seems what it is. Have you noticed nobody from the city is ever on the program now?
2: Yes, certainly. It's uh, it wouldn't be that way if Joe Burns had won. I know that, you know. um, and since we need to know, and also about here, you know, we supposedly have a big cannabis factory coming down here, you know, which is going to be a lot of jobs. I mean, regardless of what the uh, uh, factory would be, whatever, but, you know, we it, it's. but I, I like him. Oh, I my mean, God, he loaned me George Carlin's um, stand-ups from HBO. I probably had him about six months or so, about 12, 13 of George Carlin's stand-ups, but I uh, I don't know if he's you know busy in uh teaching still up at school or whatever could be
0: i don't know maybe he has other commitments i I haven't talked to him in months last time i talked to him i said well why don't you come on the program and i think i'll paraphrase it was well i'm keeping kind of a low profile right now i know he was busy back then i i haven't talked to him in quite a while but yeah he was he was a, a fairly frequent uh guest on the program we used to have lots of city council members on
2: yeah, yes, yes. And, and how I met him is I actually had a... Uh, sign out front. I was out front in the fall, and I had uh, he walked by and started talking. I didn't know who he was, and we started talking. I was like, man, I like a lot of things he had to say, and it was like, you know, I said, but, you know, look at him. I'm already friends with this guy. I said, you know, but uh, so I called up Jerry and told him, I said, hey, you know, you got to get on that program. You got to get talking, because he was going on your program and talking. I said, this guy's getting uh, uh, a lot of reception, and, you know, and he just kind of pooh it and uh, he lost. So, but you
0: know. Well, um, you know, as somebody once said, the the road to uh, powerful public offices it it runs through this studio. But sometimes what I've found, sometimes after people get elected, then they don't come back to the studio until they're up for reelection.
2: Yeah, well, have you noticed you know, that?
0: Um, yes, yeah, yes, I, I have. You know, I'm yes. not saying I'm not saying that there's anything to it. It just seems like sometimes you you wonder. If all they use the program for is to get attention and votes, and then after they've been elected successfully, then then for the next three years, they sort of figure there's no no point in talking with me or the listeners, you know but be that as it may, I certainly I certainly don't worry about it. But you would think their constituents might. It's 1147. This is Bob Joseph, conveniently located in downtown Binghamton. This is WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and always available to you on the free WNBF app.
4: Looking for.
2: I don't believe
7: it. da that
2: uh, uh. do not touch me.
10: Hey, Ray. Hey, sugar. Ooh, tell them who we are. Well, we're big rock singers. We got golden fingers. And we're loved everywhere we go. That sounds like us. We sing about beauty and we sing about truth. At $10,000 a show. Right. We take all kind of pills to give us all kind of thrills. But the thrill we never know. The thrill that I get you when you get your picture on the cover of the Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone. Wanna see my picture on the
6: cover? Stone. Wanna buy five copies from my mother? Stone. Wanna see my smile and face on the cover of the Rolling Stone?
0: Well, there you go. <laughs> Old Rolling Stone, back when it really was a thing. Unlike what it has devolved into. But what do you expect? It's 2022. At least the title still exists, even if it doesn't look anything like the original publication. Orlo Chapman. So it came up. Who is this Orlo Chapman? Because there's um, the picture of the Orlo Chapman house on Exchange Street which was removed for the beautiful Public Library around 1900. That's one of the pictures on page 3A of today's Press and Sun Bulletin. Pictures selected by the noted historian Gerald Smith. So it turns out Orlo Chapman was a very prominent attorney here in Broome County. In a 1905 edition of the Binghamton Press, they uh, referred to... um, Orlo Chapman, as one of Broome County's most honored sons. So he was an attorney, and apparently he was quite the deal. Um, I'll do more research over the weekend. I'll, If I think of it, if I have nothing else going on this weekend, I'll try to um, give you a full report sometime next week about Orlo Chapman, because I, to be honest with you, I never recall hearing about him, says he was a prominent Binghamton lawyer, state senator, oh, also Solicitor General of the United States during President Harrison's administration, I believe, according to the newspaper. So, I guess Orlo Chapman was quite the thing, and I guess that's why they're is a street named for him. You know, Chapman Street. Oh, and now I found a picture a photo, a file photo in the Binghamton Press from 1938. Picture of Orlo Chapman, and the guy in this picture sure looks quite a bit like Abraham Lincoln, except healthier. That is gone, but he had a beard, sort of a Lincoln-esque style beard. So it says, Orlo Chapman served as Solicitor General under President Harrison in 1889 and 1890. Hmm. Well, I guess he was quite the deal. Who knew? Next time Jerry Smith is on the program, which I believe... If I'm not mistaken, will be two weeks from today. And Mr. Smith is scheduled to join us here in the studio on September 9th. If I uh, think of it, I'll ask Jerry Smith to tell us a little bit more about the noted attorney and public servant, Orlo Chapman. Hmm. It does go to show you. It's worth it's worth it for me to come in to this studio every every day because I always learn something. Oh, Chapman Street is named for Orlo Chapman, a lawyer. He was district attorney in 1862, solicitor general of the United States of America in 1889. His home stood at the corner of Exchange Street and Congdon Place where the main Binghamton Public Library was located. Now the... Suny Broom, Culinary and Event Center. Hmm. We learn something new every day. That's the motto of Bob Joseph here on WNBF and WNBF.com. You know. I'm- Conveniently the judge just in the last minute has ordered the redacted affidavit release so the judge intentionally waited until I was wrapping up the program to release the redacted affidavit so we'll just have to wait till Monday to talk about it won't we I'm Bob Joseph otherwise mission accomplished hope you enjoy your weekend responsibly you're listening to
10: news radio WNBF Binghamton and WNBF Dot com.